Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. Yes, Andy's at home, uh, broadcasting from home, so this is him down his phone into the producer's phone. Oh, the technology is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, this afternoon, uh, we, we uh, reflected on some comments by Neil Warnock after his team were knocked out of the cup. He said, we've got to kill off the under-23s. They've got to be playing against men, otherwise it's always going to be men against boys. And Michael Calvin, a man who knows about this, journalist and author joined us to uh, chat about that funnily enough that feeds into our other guest today one of the Crawley Town goal scorers Nick Cerula has got quite an amazing story uh, after a, a bad road accident he had a couple of years ago he's had a long road back but um, he also was at Brentford the team that beat Borough and he told us a little bit about that as well uh, we had a chat including Benjamin Mendy's girlfriend from Athens and uh, all sorts of other stuff as well so uh, here it all is Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And yes, a quite enjoyable, a slightly different FA Cup weekend, I thought. Uh, yeah. Match of the day on Saturday night. Had, Gabby's intro had so many caveats about the whole competition before she got to the point of, hey, yeah, we have got some excitement for you as well. <laughs> it was a difficult weekend. Uh, some things I noticed. Sheffield Wednesday, three wins since Tony Poulis left. Talk about manager exit bounce. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. That's often incredible. happens, isn't it? Caretaker well, manager bounce. It's kind of that. Caretaker as well, manager bounce. Yeah, but th- that was amazing. Should, um, if you if you if you get caretaker manager bounce, maybe there should be the Glen Road reward <laughs> at the end of the season. The LMA, the LMA should give out the Glen Road award every year to the caretaker who does a fantastic job. That's a good idea. And um, I noticed a very interesting fashion uh, report from uh, Bristol City versus. Uh, was it Bristol? Yeah, Bristol, Bristol Rovers. I can't remember. We were playing Sheffield United. One of the Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Teams, that was yeah. Bristol well, Rovers. Make them yeah. both feel special. I know they hate <laughs> each other. But it was fascinating the contrast between Paul Tisdale and Chris Wilder. Tisdale looking he's so stylish. He had like a navy, sort of heavily padded denim duffer, duffel coat with a sheepskin collar and a kind of nod to Motti. A nice fur hood. A sienna brown ribbed knitted cardigan with ring zipper. A well washed chambray shirt. Just peeping Is it, through hang the on. top. Have you? noticed all this or was this from a report uh, or, no or i noticed is... it i wrote i wrote all this down on a fashion that... level nice i know the man's got started and then along comes chris wilder in a plain zipped club anorak black club anorak it was unbelievable they do look very different but there you go yeah well, i'm not um, i mean that's chris always he always wears the uh, the club shop stuff doesn't he i mean that's that's, oh, yeah, his, that's his style when we play suit or tracksuit chris wilder would always be tracksuit 
don't know if you can see me. I've run out of tea bags, so I'm having to use. I was slightly worried. All I could hear was this sound of trickling water. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure the listeners could hear that bone as well. China, bone china teapot, because I've run out of tea bags. That is really poor, isn't it? Never okay. What can you well, do? at least you're doing that. It could have been a lot worse. My, <laughs> my imagination was running wild. When, when we did fantasy football, we used to have a thing called low headers. You know where a player makes an unnecessarily low header where he could have used his feet. Yeah. It was a brilliant one in the, the Chorley striker. He tried to head the ball in the net. He was at six inches off the ground. It was sensational. Yeah. But... Do you think, I'm beginning to think, though, uh, everyone loves the way Leeds play and everything, but is Bielsa a bit of a myth? I mean, that was an absolutely pathetic result from a Leeds point of view. Great for, for Crawley, but, I mean, they shouldn't be losing to Crawley. Not 3-0. It shouldn't be all over like that. It was yeah. a Leeds seem to be able to lose 3-0 to anybody. doesn't matter who it is. You know? <laughs> I know they can beat people. You just wonder what, you know, everyone going, oh, he's so great, Bielsa. He's so fantastic. But that was a pretty poor result. Most managers be under pressure after a result like that. Yeah, we'll be speaking. I know he's one done of the, a great job. We'll be speaking one of the Crawley players a little bit later on. See if you know. See if that's something that weighs on their mind when they play. But uh, anyway, we will be uh, chatting to Nick Sarula, one of the goal scorers. He's got quite the story uh, of getting out there at the weekend and uh, being part of that Crawley team. Um, what else have we got for you today? Well, we're going to have a chat uh, with Mike Calvin very shortly, uh, author and uh, journalist, and author of a fine book on academy football, uh, No Hunger in Paradise, talking about youngsters playing the game, and uh, it's uh, time to scrap the under-23s, says Neil Warnock. So we'll be finding out why. It's all based around what went on in the FA Cup. Sure. I think it's just kind of... It cemented his thinking uh, when he looked at some of his young borough players in action well, I'm, against I'm Brentford. This. I made the same comment. I mean, academy players never do well against men. They don't. It doesn't matter what the stand is. I mean, is it the FA Vars or whatever that trophy that they have? You see the Premier League teams with big academies lose to teams, you know, in League One and League Two. The Papa Johns, Andy. Not the FA, the not Papa, the FA Trophy. It's the Papa the Johns glory, these days. Glory of the Papa Johns. Yeah, the okay. FA Trophy. <laughs> Fantastic. But they do. They, you know, and I wasn't surprised to see them, Derby's kids, lose, you know. Yeah. Should we have a quiz? You want to start with a quiz? Let's play a game of oh, the, yeah. the game show. I'm still trying to get away, but I think because of the nature of the format, it is quite yeah. difficult. It's called Have Another Guess. Because oh, yeah. ultimately, <laughs> you just keep guessing <clears throat> until you get it right. So it could be like Mrs. Yeah. Doyle in Father Ted. So um, do you know what Bobby Dickordover Reed's um, middle name is? Bobby Dickordover Reed. Uh, well, I'm be, you know, I've only got about a thousand names to Well, that's the whole from. point, yeah. So we've got until <laughs> four, though, so don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Um, Algernon. <laughs> Well, you got the first letter right. That's good. Have another guess. You get the idea of this game show. We won't okay, keep it going so for too long. It begins with A. Alexander. Have another guess. Aristotle. <laughs> that is three very <laughs> random names beginning well, with A. Well, it's not going to be... If, you wouldn't do this if his name was Alan or something. Bobby, Bobby you wouldn't bother, Aristotle, would you? Dick or Dover, Reed. <laughs> Look, it's not going to be a normal one, is it? It's not going to be a normal name, is it? Okay. Should I tell you? Yeah. It's quite interesting. Armani. Oh, really? How okay. soon would that have come up? It probably would have been about at least two hours, wouldn't it? By the Todd Unctious. It would have been one of those, wouldn't it? Would have taken you two hours. two hours. Imagine, how could long could we string this out before there were letters of complaint or, or the management came in? Imagine that. Quarter four. You're going, Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold. Albert. 
<laughs> and then suddenly I see one of the I see a, a face at the window management just doing that with a hand across it. Well, no, look, he hasn't guessed it yet. I think you're fine. So we're going to carry on and we're going to stay here until he does. <laughs> Do we know why he's called Armani? Is it? Is oh, no, it I can't bring you that. Honor of the, okay. uh, not in honor of the great Italian designer. Well, I would imagine. I would imagine <laughs> it's something. It's spelt the same way. Maybe his folks, yeah. his folks were quite stylish, like. Like, uh, well, suppose, yeah. Yeah. like like you are, Andy, clearly. <laughs> um, like Paul Tisdale. Talkie have a player called Armani. So it's more popular than you think, apparently. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. a local River Plate team. goalie. The River Plate goalie is Armani. These well, just, just three people there called Ar- Armani. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Some interesting comments from uh, the borough manager, Neil Warnock, after they lost to Brentford uh, at the weekend in the FA Cup uh, regarding the under-23 system. Uh, he says, we've got to get rid of the under-23s and get back to reserve teams. You can't have under-23s because you don't learn how to play the game. We need something like the Central League, which is what we had when I was brought up. I don't think the 23s have worked for years. They get taught the wrong principles in football. They've got to go back to having reserves for the lads who aren't in the first team and there won't be such a big difference. Um, it's just jobs for the boys, the under-23s, he adds. You don't improve and I don't think there's any progression in that system at the moment and I think it was highlighted by the fact that Brentford have gone in a different direction from that point of view uh, joining us now author of uh, a fine book on uh, youth football uh, No Hunger in Paradise uh, journalist and author Michael Calvin good afternoon Mike afternoon chaps yeah Brentford have gone in a different way you've, you've talked about this before they've got, they've got a sort of B team uh, system sort of mixed age group B team so uh, the person in charge at the weekend the coach Neil McFarlane felt it's a terrific uh, way to operate he says uh, I see the opportunity to test the boys in the variety of fixtures we have you find yourself against the elite sides for example uh, and you also come up against non-league teams so he, he thinks they're better equipped in the B team system what do you make of it all? Uh, yeah, well, one, I I fully agree with Neil Warnock. Um, you know, all those years in the game actually um, probably have been put to good use in this one. Um, what happened um, around about the time of uh, the elite player performance plan being brought into academies was it actually created uh, a sort of self-sustaining culture where, you know, there were little empires being built, frankly, um, the, the the young players were, were well coached, theoretically at least. But, you know, I agree with Neil. There is a job for the boys culture at some clubs generating by the by the funding. And I just think it's not fit for purpose at that sort of 16 plus level. Brentford took the view. Uh, it was messy at the time in 2016 when they, they essentially closed their academy and brought in the B team. But the principle over time has actually been proven that um, essentially they've funneled the cost of running an academy into uh, a system which actually can generate income as well because they'll they'll bring in B team players. Some will actually make the transition up into the first team, and others will will uh, be moved and sold on. So. I do think we're at a stage now, and, and especially with COVID and everything else that's gone on, and, and you know, when you look at the this weekend has highlighted the issue, you've got a situation now where clubs are looking at the sacred cows of the system, and maybe one or two of those might get slaughtered on the way. Oh. Michael, when the uh, Papa John's, as it's known now, uh, that competition started, academies versus League One and 
to uh, people were fearful that you'd get a final at Wembley between uh, Manchester United's under 23s and Chelsea's under 23s, and it just yeah. hasn't happened. They mm. almost invariably don't qualify. They they usually lose a lot of games. I mean, it's probably the best football they ever get to play, the best experience for them. But it is difficult. Men against boys. Absolutely. You know, that was a stalking horse, obviously, for B teams into, into the lower reaches of the league, probably, wasn't it? But, uh, yeah, I take your point. What it does highlight is the the anemic nature of most of that development, in inverted commas, footballer under 23 level. Academy players, and I'm being general here because obviously it's a, they are a showcase for some really exceptional talent. You know, you know I was looking at... Um, a clip on YouTube the other day of, of an England under 16 team which had Jude Bellingham in, uh, Jamal Musiala, Louis Barry, who obviously you know scored that goal against Liverpool on Friday, Liam Delap, who's doing well at Manchester City. So that there is talent within the system, but generally it's almost robotic, almost fearful football in a way. It's don't make a mistake, it's a bit tippy tappy, it's a bit, as I said, anemic. And when you have someone like you know, a Neil Warnock who has been brought up on an entirely different system. Um, you know, he's not af- afraid to 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 speak to speak truth to power on it. And you know, frankly, I don't think it does um, prepare players for you know the muck and bullets of of professional football. Yeah, and I think we saw that really. And surely Derby did feel that that archetypal men against boys game, didn't it? Watching that on Saturday, I mean, I think that's probably why the FA Cup has has highlighted that in, in Neil's view. Absolutely, you know, the Chorley one was an interesting one because um, you have, you know, Derby have a have a group of players there who who haven't really been exposed to to the real world, to football's real world, and actually non-league now basically it's almost a landing area for for players who've who've been in the academy system and maybe because of lack of, lack of the right attitude or the right chances or actually just being worn down by by what essentially is premature professionalism we've got kids now you know at 9 years old thinking that football is their job which is a nonsense mm. and and that's oh, where yeah. that's where we are that's where we are and that's why you know I, I remember talking to Sean Dyche about it and he said you know he can see players almost revived by being out of the system and you know they'll they'll come again at at, at 17 18 19 because when you look at the under 23 teams there's a huge drop off between the ages of 21, uh, sorry, 18 and 21, in terms of the players who actually make it and make a living out of the game, but the game takes them so far. In, in you know, you can look at it cynically and say, well, these under 23 teams, they probably know that although they've had on, that they've had their first professional contracts, the clubs probably know that eight or nine of the team uh, players in a team won't actually make it at their club, and so that's where. You know, it's almost an extension of the academy system where they've got to have a team to basically bring on one or two boys. Yeah. Sorry, Andy, you got time it's for one more quick it, question. Okay, on. yeah. It's still exciting, though, on the other side, Michael, to watch Villa's under-23s hold Liverpool in the first half. Louis Barry at 17. That still gets you going, and that was a great goal. And so that, mm-hmm. you know, there are pros and cons, I suppose, and for them, for those lads, it was a real experience. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's, it's in vogue to actually 
doubt the FA Cup. I, I love this weekend. Okay, you've got to put it into some sort of perspective. You know, some of the quotes, magic, close quotes, was a little bit forced. But when you think about it, that moment was was the schoolboy dream moment, wasn't it? Mm. You know, 17 years old, he'll remember that that goal for the rest of his life. And actually, it will probably define him for a few years. And what what struck me about that was the joy of it all. And it was actually his interview afterwards, you know, that, that you've got there, uh, the actual, that's the dream in action. And, and I, and I loved that. I thought it was terrific. I love the fact he, he swapped shirts with Fabinho. And then and the point was made that as a Villa fan, he just scored a goal for Villa against Liverpool that he might want to keep that. <laughs> so he had to go back to Fabinho and say, sorry about it. Can I have my shirt back as well? <laughs> Yeah, which yeah. apparently he was all right about, which you, you can imagine. But uh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's a lovely story. Thank you. But Mike. They're not supposed to. They're not supposed to swap shirts. Not now. officially. That's why Tottenham. The, no. the, yesterday, the Spurs brought a fresh uh, set of shirts for uh, for the Marine Classic. players and left them there. So I mean, it's a, I mean, just finally, Mike, on that subject, yeah. really, we're, we're facing a difficult few weeks. I think we've seen this this late change of fixture. Spurs Fulham now mm. instead of. There's going to have to be a lot of flexibility, I think, in scheduling over the next few weeks. It won't be ideal for some teams, and there maybe be a bit of moaning. But I think we're going to see more of that. Likewise, Pep saying uh, uh, very hard for players not to celebrate a moment when they score a goal. You know, it's it's natural. But we're hearing the government say that if if elite sport is going to continue, some changes are going to have to be made. So I think it's going to be quite a difficult few weeks. I think so. You know what what we've we've had is a is a can of worms being opened to a degree where you've got um, you know I don't believe in these sort of conspiracy theories, but there's always a sense that oh well the biggest clubs make the biggest noise, so they'll be indulged. So would Manchester City or Liverpool or Manchester United have been put in the situation that Fulham have been put in by this very quick revision of the game? I understand it's a logical solution. Um, and we've got extraordinary circumstances. I do think that what we've got now is that the, the whole system is opened up to, to to doubt in terms of, well, where's the season going? You've got this intractable problem of European competitions. Some managers will have to narrow their priorities, so that might then justif- justify them playing weaker teams in the FA Cup again. What about this summer's Euros? It's, it's you know, everything's to play for or not to play for, as the case may be. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. And the final whistle blows and the magic of the FA Cup is well and truly alive in West Sussex. It's arguably the greatest result in the history of Crawley Town. They have knocked out Leeds United, the winners of the FA Cup in 1972. Leeds United, who have got out with a whimper today, beaten by three goals to nil. Yes, talking about being flexible with um, fixtures, we did very much the same thing on TalkSport over the weekend. I think it was fair to say the Chelsea-Morecambe game was a done deal, and so they crossed to Joe Shannon, who was uh, at the Crawley-Leeds game, which was which was incredible. And um, we joining us now, the score of the first goal, uh, really laying down a marker, a cracking goal. Uh, Nick Saruda, good afternoon, Nick. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Like in the in, in the immediate aftermath of the game, we could see you were sort of very emotional and uh, all sorts of mixed emotions. But um, has it sunk in now? You've had a, you know another twenty four hours to uh, for it to sink in. How are you feeling about it now? Oh, do you know what? I'm still buzzed. <laughs> it still doesn't feel real. Um, it's, it's an incredibly proud moment. I mean, you've watched Leeds get play brilliantly this season and they've had lots of plaudits. Were you surprised at the ease in which you beat them? Um, I think it was, it was a surprising result. I, mean, I don't think we expected to win 3-0. Um, you know, Leeds are a great side. They've got great players. Um, but, you know, we, we always believe from the start. I mean, we've got a great great manager, great staff, um, very talented players in our in our squad. And, you know, we always believe that, you know, we could go there with no fear and um, and, and, and get a result. Yeah. I think you've watched the goal back now. It's uh, it, is it up there with one of your best? I mean, you turn them inside out and you drill it in the corner. It was it was as good as it gets, really, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, definitely the best. The best I've scored. So, um, what did what did the manager say to you uh, in the build up to this and before you went out? What what was his kind of um, what was his take on it? What did he tell you to do? He just said, have no fear, go out. I mean, you're all good players. He goes, we're going out to win. Um, you know, go, go out, show no fear and, 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 and go play your football. Yeah, I suppose um, your manager was surprised to, uh, well, actually, Bielsa to lose to a young manager like yours. <laughs> Sorry, say that again, he'd get cut out. No, Sorry. No, I'm just saying, it's both managers in their 60s, but your manager yeah. slightly young, slightly younger than Bielsa. It's a so whippersnapper compared with, uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Bielsa. Tell, yeah. tell us a bit about, I mean, you, you, it, was, it was said on the commentary, of course, you've had a, quite a long road back. It's been a, a difficult time for you, hasn't it? It has indeed, yeah. Um, a few years back, um, had a bad car accident. Well, don't forget the day, the 15th of July. 2017, um, you know, which put me out of action for a year. Um, you know, it was a very difficult time because for about 10 months, the injury wasn't, you know, we, we didn't really know what, what the problem was. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of doctors were uncertain, you know, would I ever be able to, you know, play football again, um, which was really hard, hard to take. Um, and yeah, it just makes this moment extra special. You know, it was taken away from, from me. Um, you know, a lot of dark days, and like when that ball hit the back of the net, it all just sort of, all just sort of hit me. Yeah. Were, were you cool. at Spurs at the time of the accident, Nick? Or you, were you still there at that, that stage? 
Yeah, I was. I was given my, my, my first year pro um, and I was actually driving in to play my first game. Um, it was a pre-season game um, and unfortunately had the accident and you know was never able to, to, to play um, for them again. And you went to Brentford. Funny enough, we were talking about Brentford B earlier on because mm. Neil Warnock, after they beat uh, Borough at the weekend, was saying that he feels the the under-23 system isn't working. And Brentford have gone in a different uh, direction. And, you know, the fact that when you play B football, you don't only play academies, you play against non-league sides. You, you kind of mix it up. Do you think that that sort of put you in good stead? A hundred percent. I mean, I had the best year, um, you know, of learning under Neil McFarlane and Sam Saunders um, last year. And like you said, playing against, you know, completely different opposition you know men boys you know it was it was a great learning learning year for me um and i feel like it really gave me a lot of confidence for this year um because i felt so well prepared from that so it, do, it it does it does really make that kind of difference you think i mean well you come through an academy system at a top club but you think yeah. that that balance of of b football it, does kind of give you more of a grounding for the, for the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, I was, you know, I was very fortunate enough to play play for Spurs growing up. I had that education there. Um, you know, being you know a, a technical player, they definitely helped. You know, uh, with with those skills. But I definitely thought last year for me um, with Brentford was, was was a great learning year. Is it a bit of a shame you felt you couldn't go out and celebrate? You boys, oh, the manager said, go off and you know go and enjoy yourselves. He meant at home after he said that. <laughs> yeah, of course. So that, that, that is a shame, really, that you that as a team having having achieved that, you couldn't go out and, and celebrate. It is. It is. I mean, there was great scenes in the changing room. You know, being able to share it with each other. Um, you know, obviously, it's, it's disappointing. You know, you know what, what's been happening. But um, you know, it was nice for me to be able to come back to the to my family. Um, and share this proud moment with them. You know, they were they were always there for me, supporting me throughout, you know, the dark times and you know for a while as well. Um, things weren't so great for me, and it's just nice to be able to to share this proud moment with them. Absolutely, that's really great. The the club have made a couple of glamorous signings. The Wright brothers. Uh, Mark made his professional debut. He's pretty glamorous, isn't he? Pretty showbiz. So, uh, what yeah. are the lads made of him? No, do you know what? They, they work really hard, um, the pair of them. Mark's been brilliant since he's come in. Um, you know, he's a good guy, he works hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them both that, you know, they made their debuts for Crawley yesterday and, you know, they deserve it. And who would you like in the fourth? Are you going to get the fourth and fifth round tonight? Well, so, it's got to be Tottenham. Sure, well, it's got to be Tottenham. You would, think, you would think you'd probably like to play against Spurs. Or I don't know, you're a Tottenham fan, Nick? Um, no, I actually grew up an Arsenal fan. Oh, right. Um, yeah, that, no, listen, I don't, I don't feel any... Any any um, any hate towards them? Whoever we get, we'll, we'll, we'll um, you know we'll, we'll treat every team the same and we'll, we'll prep for that game. And I wonder if you know this is unusual that you're going to have both rounds drawn at once. And I wonder if that will be you know give give teams. Uh, yeah, you know, I think, well, I'd, I'd, I'd love to play against these guys, but you know I'd love to play against Manchester United in the fifth round as well. So there might be a little bit of incentive there. Yeah, um, definitely. But you know. Like I said, I think whoever we get, you know, the leagues, you know, we're going to treat them the same. You know, we'll prepare the same, um, and that's that's what we're going to do. That's what our focus is on us. Um, whoever we get, obviously, we'd love a top-flight prem team and cause another upset. Um, whoever we get, we'll treat it the same. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
from TalkSport. Andy, there was a bit of a, a sort of a minor, not quite as salacious as we've seen over the years in the tabloids, but there was a bit of a story about Benjamin Mendy flying in a, a, a young lady from Greece for, oh, yeah. Uh, for, yeah. And yep. uh, the, the story was uh, was told. Uh, apparently, uh, Benjamin wooed Claudia Marine, uh, Marino, not Mourinho, Claudia Marino, <laughs> online. Then sure, flew, she's a special one. Then flew, <laughs> flew <laughs> you're my special one, he said. Flew from <laughs> exactly. Athens to his £5 million Cheshire home, uh, apparently, didn't which didn't go down too well with the club. And um, she admitted she had been up for fun and said they romped. She added, I'm not naive and I know what footballers are like and I thought it would be an experience. He was single, yeah. so I wasn't hurting anybody. We had mm. some drinks and had a laugh, says uh, Claudia. One day he took me to Leeds where he saw his dentist. Boy, he knows that to really? show a girl a good time, doesn't he, old Benjamin? <laughs> Stick with me and uh, next, if you come back again, he's off to the chiropractors. Fantastic. should meet my chiropodist. <laughs> Why hasn't he got a dentist in Manchester? That doesn't make any sense at all. He likes the I mean, guy in Leeds. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, but how did he even know about him? That's ridiculous. But, Maybe you know, oh, Claudia, she come all the way from Athens. She's probably sitting there sipping a cocktail, and he says, right, mm. Claudia, get your coat on. We're going to Leeds. I've got to get my teeth sorted yeah. out. Fantastic. What a lovely trip for her. She'd probably sat, Very nice. She's probably quite familiar with a number of magazines. Five-year-old auto car. She sat there <laughs> half an hour. Horse and hound. Did a couple of Cosmos. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know either. Now, I a lot of people, you're talking about travelling from Greece to here, and a lot of people have been going to Dubai. It's proving quite controversial, yeah. really. a couple of teams one, as well, unfortunately. Well, exactly. And the one place when footballers go to Dubai, and football people, the one place they go to is the is the restaurant Salt Bay, owned by Nusret. He's a brilliant uh, yes. guy. That He's known for his uh, sort of basically... The meat's incredible. It comes wrapped in gold leaf. That's completely pointless. It costs you an absolute fortune. And then he does this thing where he just basically flings the salt on the meat and then he goes, wow, like that. That's what he does. Anyway, Gianni Infant... I know, that's the noise he makes. Gianni Infantino uh, was visiting. The head of the boss of FIFA, not the plumber. Not the plumber. And, oh, God, he really made a fuss of him. And uh, uh, Infantino's got a massive family. They're all there. <laughs> of course, it cost him an absolute fortune, this meal. Yeah. Then they played football afterwards. Uh, the Steak 11 versus <laughs> Infantino's. The Steak 11? <laughs> what, the Steakhouse? <laughs> all the guys who work in his place played football <laughs> with their defeat. I think so, yeah. Okay. Bit weird. I know. I don't know. normally do that at a restaurant, do you? You don't need to go out to a restaurant for the night and then afterwards everybody says, we go have 11 a side game, full tilt. <laughs> Not great prep, is it, really? No, but it was really odd because he had, Infantino had dinner in the restaurant. Yeah. Then the next day he had breakfast in the restaurant. So Can't I don't know what was good. Old steak for breakfast. Oh, he bound. does do a certain kind of breakfast steak. He'll be in a right steak now, old Gianni. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. I've so, got some planning uh, news for you, Andy. Oh, yeah. And it involves one of your uh, your playing heroes, John Terry. Um, so we got the we haven't got the jingle. I thought, worry about the jingle. Anyway, planning news here it is on <laughs> Talksport, yeah. and uh, play at the end if you like. Yeah, maybe we'll do that just to give it an airing. And <laughs> John Terry's plans yeah. to build a poolside bar and triple garage have have been given the boot. Apparently, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, John wanted to do that, but it, uh, it it he wanted to add staff quarters to his mansion. 
Nice. But it led to objections from neighbours and uh, he's been refused uh, permission uh, in uh, Surrey. Not the Australian soap opera. They didn't object to it. Yeah, yeah, Home and Away weren't particularly (laughs) pleased about it either. He's already in the house. He has uh, a library. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stables and a tennis court. Uh, there yes, and uh, because he... Tony, his wife, loves to write, doesn't she? She does a bit of dressage. And yeah, I remember Rupert reporting on her. I think fantastic. And, uh, yeah, and um, uh, I've got more, Andy. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and the neighbours said they would get no respite from noise nuisance throughout the year. So, uh, and the replacement garage for all of his SUVs was also deemed too large. So, I mean, what with that and COVID, it's not been a great weekend for JT, is it? Really? <laughs> no, it hasn't. Yeah, going to have to spend yeah, more time and... in the library. Did you see also this story about Britain's most hapless learner driver? Oh, uh, that was. Hang passed. on, hang on. They've got the. Oh, that, sorry. Yeah, that was planning news. Yeah. That was worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Great, so good. Let's hear it again. No, no it's, not. it's not. And um, yeah, Britain's most hapless learner driver finally passed his test after failing 157 times. Wow, wee. and I bet he's still a better driver than me, though. Oh yeah, almost, <laughs> almost certainly. <laughs> did you pass first time, Andy? I did. Yeah. Really? Yes, thanks wow, that to was, uh, that was there was there wasn't a lot of cars on the road then. That was there really. That's true. It was le- less of a problem. Thanks to Mr. Knapp, my instructor from McIntyre School of Motoring. <laughs> still getting, still getting a name check. Still he, paying is out. Is he still? Is he still teaching? Oh, I, I, doubt I doubt it. If he taught you to drive, any he'd be about 150, <laughs> wouldn't he? Still got the Model T, got the old crank starter before Probably each lesson. Yeah, <laughs> this um, story about Dicky Bird's statue in Barnsley is yeah. a very odd story. Maybe the, bar- the listeners in Barnsley could tell us more because uh, people keep uh, they keep abusing it, don't they? They're leaving draping um, underwear on it and bras and knickers. <laughs> <laughs> we, we rang up a local journalist to find out, but nobody seems to know why this has started. It's just become a thing. Yeah, because I mean, obviously <laughs> Dick, Dickie's got his finger raised, as all good um, umpires do. Yeah. And uh, so people are going along just hanging stuff on it. I've noticed at Halloween yeah. they kind of put a <laughs> pumpkin on it, a sort of plastic pump. Yeah. People have stuck stuff on it in the past, but I don't know why... It'd be so better they... if it was Billy Bowden, because at least it'd be like a coat hook. <laughs> it would be. You could hang your coat on that, couldn't you? Yeah, but it does seem odd that people have chosen a, a sort of skimpy underwear has become yeah, yeah. Uh, the order there. It may be, I don't know if it's anything to do with Claudia, maybe they pop from Leeds to Barnsley, where, where we had to go and see another specialist. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see, a lot of people are very, I suppose rightfully so, but they're unhappy about Sean Dyche's suggestion. And I think he did it for the right reasons, but his suggestion that perhaps footballers should be the first people or amongst the first people to be vaccinated Mm. with the corona vaccine. But um, obviously, this letter to the Sun, though, is amazing. Sean Dyche is an idiot, apparently, for suggesting Premier League players be fast-tracked, says Pete Carroll, Washington Tyne and Weir. They they would just party more. What about critical workers out gritting the roads? And you think, of all the frontline people... They're the, probably the last because, by, even if they were vaccinated today, by the time it kicked in, they wouldn't be needed anymore because they won't be gritting the roads, will they? So, <laughs> are you, you saying thought this through, mate? I, I mean, I think the people who grit the roads have other roles within uh, council operations. I don't think they have. It's not like a two-year gig or two-week gig a year, is it? They just go out. It's great money. I'm on two hundred grand a year. I only work for about four days a year. It's fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. Andy, you're back on Wednesday, aren't you? Yes, I'm just going up to Lisa to see if I can find Benjamin Mendy's dentist. Yeah, well, he must be really good, considering he travels all that way. 
and takes his girlfriend with him, so he obviously wanted to show his dentist off. So, uh, yeah, Andy's back. He's going to give us uh, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Max will be with me uh, on Tuesday and on Thursday. But uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.